Welcome to the road to growth, success of an entrepreneur. We've raised the bar. Learn firsthand from successful business owners and create your own path to success. I'm going to show you how great I am. It's time to hit the road to growth with team lead of the Enriquez Group, Realtor. Hi, all you road to growth listeners. Uh, today, we got Charles Reed, CPA. You know what? We were talking before we got on camera here. You know, the way I picture most CPAs and tax preparers is very, very dry, very, very relaxed. <laughs> From our conversation, it doesn't seem you're, you're that way, Charles. No, I'm, I'm not the typical CPA. And I, look, I go to conferences with them. At 830, they're all in bed. I mean, you know, it's, 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 it's a drag. <laughs> so, I mean, I... I mean, and, and don't don't get angry, but I haven't looked at a lot of your advertising before we got on camera right here. Uh, but you're kind of walking me through some of your pieces that you try to bring humor into a lot of your a lot of your stuff. Is that is that the kind of the case? We we do a lot of humorous ones. We do a lot of educational videos, but every fourth or fifth, sixth one, we like to do something that's fun. We had a Halloween one with the uh, the guy being chased through the woods by the IRS. Uh, we've got Santa Claus bringing the get payroll card. To, for your Christmas present, because this will get you out of hot water. Uh, we we have uh, we're, we had the Godfather parody with uh, the the guy coming to the Godfather. He says to the IRS, you know, can you whack him for me? And Godfather says, no, we're out of the whacking business. But here's a card to get payroll. They'll take care of the IRS for you. <laughs> Did, who comes up with these ideas? Is it is it your team? Is it yourself? Well, Michael comes up with a lot of them. I throw things out and he makes them work sometimes. Uh, most of mine he ignores, but that's okay too. I, I'm a CPA. I'm not the creative guy. You know, I'm the numbers guy. Michael is my videographer. Uh, he set up our studio and green screen and so on and so forth. So he does that. Anash is my marketing manager. Pete's our salesman. Uh, oh, excuse me, our uh, business development manager. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, the, that crew comes up with these things and produces them. Uh, Michael edits them and, and adds special effects and, and and gets his friends to to volunteer their time as actors and so on. So <laughs> and we're gonna get into I mean get into your story of how you got into the, become a CPA. But I'm, I'm I'm just curious when did you find out it was okay to to show basically humor in it? Because I, I know for myself in in the real estate business it took me a while to be okay with letting loose a little bit and giving information. In 1962, my father was invited to speak at the uh, Illinois Insurance Underwriters Association. And uh, was it, yeah, it was 63, 64. LBJ was in and the war of poverty. And my father made up these big buttons and he made up a thousand and they went out within hours, they were all gone. And it said on there, I fight poverty too. I work. <laughs> That's when I learned humor was okay in business in, oh, in wow. the early 60s from my father. So I've always used it since. It makes life easier. It makes life more fun. Uh, you know, sometimes it, it gets so serious. If you, if you don't laugh about it, you got to cry. So I'd rather laugh. <laughs> so so walk us through your, your, your childhood. So you're... Uh, your dad was out there. He had a company, is it correct? My father had an insurance consulting firm okay. uh, since I could remember. Uh, formed it sometime in the late 40s, early 50s. I was born in 49. So 
and dad was also a uh, uh, Naval Reserve officer, served in World War II in the Pacific. So we had a plan of the day in, in, in the upstairs hallway with everybody's activities, you know, just like on board ship. So it was a kind of a, you know, he was a strict disciplinarian. Uh, I was not with my kids, but he was with his. So different strokes. Uh, went to high school. He didn't really believe in, in long-term education. So we all skipped a year of, of high school, all four of us kids. Uh, I went in the military after high school because I wasn't ready for college. Uh, I graduated from high school with a, a D average. Uh, when I went to college, I graduated with honors and a master's degree in three years. Oh. So, uh, you know, I'm smart enough. I just wasn't motivated in high school. But after high school, I joined the United States Marine Corps. Spent four years. Uh, they sent me to IBM to be trained as a programmer and a systems engineer. I served a stint as a combat infantryman in Vietnam. Uh, came back, was stationed in Kansas City, met and married my wife. My wife was 10 years older than I was, had five kids when I married her. Uh, I, I claim insanity, but we were married for 45 years until she passed here six years ago. So it worked for us. I don't second guess anybody's marriage. I mean, you know, if, if mine worked, hell, who knows? I, I don't know. <laughs> so so after, after military, I found that business did not value my military experience no more than they do today. Uh, didn't understand that I had valuable training and insight and discipline and education, they could care less. Because they hadn't been in the military, they didn't understand, just as it is today. So veterans today have it just as tough trying to break into business uh, without degrees and, and credentials in the civilian world. So I went to school, uh, quickly got my, C, uh, my BBA, went to graduate school, got my MBA, passed my CPA exam while I was still in graduate school. Went to work for Texas Instruments. Uh, I'd already passed my CPA exam, so a year of experience, and I got my certificate. It's been more than 40 years now. Uh, worked for small and medium-sized businesses for 15 years. Realized I was never going to run a major corporation. I didn't have the political skills. I was unwilling to stab people in back and toss them off the ladder. So I was never going to get to the top. So if I was going to run a business, I'm going to have to start my own. So 30 years ago, next month, 30 years ago, Ruth and I uh, incorporated our company. We'd started a few months earlier, but we incorporated in August. And uh, here we are 30 years later, uh, successful, still in business, beat those odds big time, uh, making money, having fun, uh, talking to people, doing podcasts, uh, doing blogs, writing books, uh, doing all kinds of fun things, and taking care of our clients and and protecting them from the uh, avarice internal revenue service. So there's a, a couple things I want to dive deeper into. So, D average in high school. Yeah. Was was it simply the grades that pushed you into the military? Was it your father? Was it what was that? My family has been citizen soldiers for well over 200 years. My great 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 grandfather signed the Declaration of Independence. My father was Navy, grandfather was Army, uh, great-grandfather was Army. I have a sister that was Marine. I had another sister that was Army. We, we've all served. Uh, that's just our family tradition is, is military service, has been for 200-plus years. So uh, I'd always wanted to go in and just intended to. And uh, I could have gone to college. Uh, I could have done a lot of things. 
Uh, I worked for six months, nine months before I went in. I was second cook at a hotel. I was a long distance toll testman for AT&T, held two full-time jobs. Uh, but school had not motivated me in high school, it was boring. Uh, the teachers were less than perfect. Uh, let's just leave it at that. And uh, uh, I'd read the textbook and, and, and do the test, but I was a problem student. Uh, I was disruptive. Uh, I tell jokes. <laughs> uh, I had one teacher who was smart, and she let me sit in the back and read a book. And if she had a specific question she wanted to ask her a specific way, she'd say, Charles, and interrupt my reading, ask me the question. I give her the answer she wanted. She'd say, thank you. I go back to reading, and she'd go back to the class. Now, here, a few years ago, before my wife had her stroke, I taught high school. I taught first period every day, one period. Taught intro to business, then came into the office and, and worked full time. So I taught for five years. Uh, my teachers from high school would roll over in their grave if they knew I was teaching high school. Uh, they, they didn't like me. In fact, my, my senior English, I had to finish in night school because no English teacher would have me because I was so disruptive. I was also better read than all my English teachers were because I read constantly. Uh, I read several books a week. I still do to this day. And at that point in time, I was reading four or five books a week. I'd read more than my teachers had. was more knowledgeable about literature than they were. I had a better vocabulary than they did. And they really didn't like that at all. <laughs> so that was high school. It, I mean, it, it's a, a very, uh, I think, an adult idea, right? Saying that I'm not ready for college. It sounds like you knew you kind of wanted college, but weren't ready for it. Oh, yeah, I knew I was going to go to college at some point. I just, at 17, I wasn't ready. Now, I got out of service, married, children. I decided to go to school uh, 16, 18, 20 hours a semester, tested out of a year, went 12 months out, 12 months out of the year, both summer sessions, bam, just plowed through it uh, and plowed through it. Undergraduate was with honors. Uh, they don't give honors in, in master's, but I, I, and then my MBA uh, and sat for and passed my CPA exam. I'm not stupid. Uh, you, and I was, I was motivated when I went to college. Well, you said you're you're more well read than your teachers at that time, your high school teachers at that time. Do you yeah. think if if you had and I mean maybe better teachers or teachers that were more involved in who you were or or more read the way words you use, it would have directed you to college right after high school? Or do you think you needed to go to the military to be ready for for college? I needed to grow up. Okay. Absolutely. I was not ready for college. Uh, I was not disciplined enough to put up with the BS to get what I wanted. Uh, I learned that in the military. Uh, I learned discipline, both self-discipline and, and, and external discipline uh, that my father tried to impose on me with, without much luck. Uh, and, but the self-discipline to put up with the, the, the BS to get the result I wanted when I got out of the military, I was willing to do that. And so I put up with the silliness at, at college uh, when I had to and concentrated on what I wanted and got it done and got what I wanted out of it quickly, effectively. With your, what was that, that eye on the prize? What was that thing that you're looking for and saying, okay, well, if I do this, do this, I want to go to here. Was it, was it family? Was it something, what was that big picture that you're kind of focusing on? I wanted those credentials to to be able to get the business opportunities I wanted. It was a credential race. It was a paper chase. 
Okay. I wanted that paper that said BBA, MBA, CPA. MBA, CPA, uh, 50 years ago when I when I got mine, I mean, that, that was the ticket. Uh, they figured you knew everything about business with the MBA. They figured you knew everything about accounting and finance with the CPA. It opened huge doors quickly. It was wonderful because I had the credentials. It wasn't that I had the knowledge. I had the credentials, and that got me in the door to talk to them. Without those credentials, they wouldn't talk to you. You say you had a couple kids, right? You have a couple kids? She had five kids when I married her. Okay. So when, when those kids have, have talked to you about going to college, because for the, at that point in time, it looks like that you were basically doing it for the credentials. Do you think if you were born today or if someone listening right now that's thinking about maybe I don't want college, do you think it's still beneficial for them to go to college for the, the paper or what do you think? It depends on them. It, it is a situational thing. None of my kids went to college. Okay. Uh, they did other things. Uh, some of them very successful, some not. Uh, I, I lost my eldest daughter to cancer, uh, but my one of my eldest sons was a buyer for the uh, GSA, uh, had an unlimited warrant from the government. He could write a contract for unlimited funds. Hmm. Okay, he had a huge responsible position, made very good money, uh, Retired, you know, the whole bit. He, he did very well for himself uh, without a college education. I have another one that that's, has other problems and hasn't succeeded. But, you know, uh, college is not necessary yeah. unless you need that particular education or those particular credentials. And I wanted those credentials. That's what I went after to get those. Uh, were I to do it today... I probably would have taken my programming and started my own company and, and been building apps uh, today because I, I was a I was state of the art computer programmer at the time, but apps and 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 phones and microcomputers and so on didn't exist. It was all mainframe. This was before mini computers. This is for personal computers. You know, I I, I was on IBM uh, three sixty five mainframes uh, today. I'd probably, I'd, I'd, I'd be Bill Gates or I'd be uh, uh, Dorsey or I'd be uh, Zuckerberg or somebody like that, hopefully. <laughs> Have you ever thought of dabbling into learning code and anything like that? Well, I coded. I mean, you know, I was oh. a COBOL programmer. Oh. Uh, so, and that has been very useful to me because 20 years later, I was working in an operation we had external people doing the data processing and they couldn't get something right. And I said, okay, print it out and let's go through it. And we went step by step and coding is logic. And we got to this point and it went here and branched here. I said, wait, 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 back here, you went here. Now, if you're going to go here, you're going to find yourself in a circular loop, which was what was happening. Mm. Even though I didn't know the language, I could step through the logic of that. And that stood me well. Programmers can't, pull the wool over my eyes, you know, cause I was doing it before they were born. <laughs> well, so, is there a lot of similarities into coding and like being a CPA kind of knowing the logic of how things work? Am I reading too much of that? Yes. Okay. Doing a tax return is programming. I mean, you're, 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 you're plugging data into a matrix. Okay. And it's all logic and it's all rule-based and if you know the rules and you know the logic uh 
then you can make a dance for you. Uh, but you got to know it well. You can't just haphazardly do it. You've got to understand all that goes into it, and then you can make it perform the way you want it to perform, just like programming. You can make it display the image you want if you know what you're doing. If you don't, you're going to display a stock image or, you know, whatever comes with it. You can't make a dance. So, yeah, doing taxes is, is like programming that you, you take the data and you make it dance. All right, let's let's jump back, Charles. So you you come back from the military. You're in college. You meet your wife uh, at the time. She has five kids. Did you feel the burden of having now a family to take care of, or how did you look at that? I was in love. Okay, love conquers all. Um, the kids were. Uh, and I love my children, don't misunderstand me, but I love my wife and I learned to love my children. Uh, that, that was, she was the love of my life. Did, so, what, uh, people, I mean, and I've had a lot of people on here that have that big why, and it usually correlates to family, right? That's what drives them to put the extra time in. That's what drives them to sure. make the extra call. You basically had this family now. I mean, you had this family jumping in the corporate world. Was it changing the way that you looked at the world from before you met her to after you met her? How did that, your mindset change? Of, of course. Uh, very frankly, here I am. I'm a, uh, getting out of the Marine Corps. I'm a combat veteran. I'm 21 years old. I'm in great shape. Combat experience. I'm also a data processing expert. Okay. Uh, which was rare in those days. So I seriously looked at doing mercenary work, okay? Uh, because combat, tra trained combat Marines were in high demand in, in mercenary outfits. Uh, data processing was in high demand in mercenary outfits. So I had uh, two big things to offer. And had I not been married, I'd have probably died in some ditch in Africa. Uh, so, you know, Ruth changed my life, absolutely. Uh, and providing for her and the kids uh, motivated me uh, to provide a better life for them. Uh, you can call it greed if you want, and it is. I wanted something better for them than I had, than they had when I met them. So I provided that. Uh, you know, do you, do before you she died, we had... Go ahead. Oh, so, oh, oh sorry. Cut you off there. Before, before she died, before she had her stroke, we had the big house on the lake, the, the luxury car, um, travel to Europe to see the, the grandkids. Uh, she was well taken care of, and yeah. I was happy to do it. No, no, definitely. Do you, do you recall um, the difference of, I guess, a starting pay in the corporal? Then you, you don't have to tell me the exact numbers compared to mercenary work. Was it five times difference? Was it you know, 10 times? I know for myself, I was in uh, Afghanistan doing government contracting, but for construction. And some, you know, some of the money you can get, especially overseas, is just outrageous. Oh, it was it was at least five times greater okay. uh, to, to be a mercenary than it was to go to work at TI, even with an MBA. When you, and I, I know everything worked out in the end, and at the moment, I'm assuming there was the highs and the lows and 
especially when you're getting yelled at by your boss and you're like, I don't need to do this. I can go make better money this way right there. I mean, what put you back on track? Was it just simply the idea of looking at your, your beautiful wife and all your kids? Was that the only thing or what happened there? I will tell you what Ruth used to say, my wife. I have a vivid imagination. And I was the balloon that would pull her up to see vistas she never imagined. And she had the feet on the ground holding on to that rope that kept me from flying away. That's what worked for us. We had different perspectives of the world and we melded them together to be successful as a partnership. And it worked for us. And it kept me from doing wild and stupid things and it allowed her to do things she'd never dreamed of being able to do. When when you're and, and talking about that wild imagination and some, I guess, being stupid sometimes, some people say entrepreneurs of starting a business can be stupid. When you're transitioning for from the corporate world to your actual own business, how was that process like? Was it you pulling the rope, her kind of pulling you back? How did that, that process work out? Well, see, I grew up in a family business. Yeah. I thought working with your wife was natural. It's not. Let me tell you. <laughs> Working with Ruth was a whole new ball game. <laughs> because, you know, the old phrase, happy wife, happy life. Uh, and my, my father used to say, you know, old Chinese proverb, man who say he master an own house also lie about other things. <laughs> so, at work, I'm the professional with the, the CPA and, and the MBA and the professional knowledge. Ruth is not. Ruth didn't have a college. She only had some college. Uh, so I've got to be real careful because on the technical side, I know exactly. But she's a far better people person than I was. Okay. Uh, I learned very quickly never to hire anybody without her approval uh, because the one time I did it was a terrible mistake. And after that, she vetted them all uh, for the for the people side. I vetted them for the technical side. But it gave us an extra, oh, I don't know, uh, savoir faire. It gave us an extra uh, layer that most of CPAs don't have. I had a people person there in the office with me uh, and she saved customers and clients and made people happy when I would have just said and let them go. But uh, so it, it, again, it worked for us. Uh, we're, we're, I, I had a, at a conference and, and I was talking about work-life balance and I said, which you, you don't have as an entrepreneur, there is no such thing. Uh, and if you don't have a spouse that understands that, you've got a real problem. So make sure your spouse understands what it is to be an entrepreneur and that you're going to be working 70 or 80 hour weeks and they're going to come second. If they understand that, you'll succeed. If they don't, you may still succeed, but it may cost you your marriage. Yeah, yeah no, sadly. I mean, when the roles, it sounds like the roles were pretty refined later on in the business as you guys kind of uh, 
grew together? Was it trial and error or? Well, we've been married for 20 years when we started the business. Okay. And somewhere in the 20 to 25 year range, in my experience, you start, you stop arguing with your wife because you've had them all. You've already decided who's going to win the argument. You, you've already set all the rules. You, you've learned all this the hard way. Okay. You've put up with days of silence and sleeping on the couch and other things to learn all these things. So after 20 or 25 years, you know where the landmines are. You don't step on them anymore. <laughs> so we'd already been married 20 years, 21 years when we started this. So most of that was out of the way. There were some things we had to learn. One of the little things was we'd get home, have dinner, uh, get ready for bed. By now the kids were grown. Uh, and we'd get into bed. And she'd have one more item about work she wanted to get off her chest. So she'd tell it to me. She'd roll over and go to sleep because she was done. And I'd sit there worrying until 2 or 3 in the morning before I could get to sleep. So we, after a year, we, we set a rule. After dinner, no business. <laughs> was, it, was it we set the rule or is it one or the other? I wanted it and she agreed to it. Okay. <laughs> well, it goes back to the idea of you got to pick your battles, right? That was the battle that you wanted to go for. Yeah. yeah. Happy wife, happy life. So, <laughs> in, in growing your business, what do you think have been the, the biggest kind of struggles you've had to work through? Oh, real simple. I thought I could market. Okay. I can't market my way out of a paper bag. Okay. I'm terrible at it. Ask my staff. They'll tell you. <laughs> now, can I sit down with a potential client and talk about my business and, and how valuable it is and what we can do for them? Absolutely. Because I believe in it. But I can't market and I can't sell long term. I just, it's not me. Uh, so when I finally realized that and hired a marketing staff, my business grew much, much faster. How did you find the right people to hire, especially in this current, I mean, where everything's digital. I mean, there's so much stuff out there. So many, I mean, marketers, coaches, however it might be. I mean, how did you find the right team for yourself? Well, you, you lay out what you need, what you think you need. And you talk to people. Um, and you interview and you assess their skill set. They have to have a certain skill set, but beyond that, you have to be able to work with them. Uh, if you can't work with them, it doesn't matter how, how talented they are or how knowledgeable they are. So at least half of it's chemistry. The other half is they have to have the, the requisite skills. Uh, and uh, Anash is my third marketing manager, and by far the best. And having been through several others, I learned. Uh, and sometimes you learn the hard way and, you know, uh, experience is a, is a hard school, but the fool learns in no other. So I learned the hard way and, and um, we're doing very well now. But it's, it's you lay out what you think, you read on it, you study it, you ask people, you talk to people. Then you interview, you put out a, a, a you know, a request for a job, you, you post it and you talk to people and you try and find somebody that both fits with you and your crew and can understand where you're going and has some idea how to get there um, because they have to provide the marketing ideas because I can't. If I could, I'd be a billionaire. 
you know, I'd be Jeff Bezos, <laughs> but I'm not. So uh, it's, it's, you got to find that right person. And, and uh, as I said, uh, Anash is my third marketing manager. So uh, when you're talking about talking to people, is it um, family, friends, people you network with, people in your same line of business? Who are those people you're kind of bouncing ideas off of? Yes. All, all the them, all the, all the above and then more. Talk to your mentors. Uh, talk, talk, talk to your professors. Uh, talk to your associates. Talk to your competitors. Uh, talk to your networking groups. Uh, talk to your father. Uh, he's probably been through it. Uh, talk to your father-in-law. Uh, talk, talk to successful people. Uh, the Rotary Club that I belong to, I've been a member for many years, is a great place to meet very successful people uh, that are more than happy to sit down and talk to you and give you the, the benefit of their experience. Uh, I found the Rotary Club has been an extraordinarily uh, valuable source of, of information and knowledge and, and insights from people in, in numerous walks of life um, that are more than willing to share with a fellow Rotarian. Let's say you, you're just starting your business today. You're a CPA, right? How long of a process, you have no one on your team, how long of a process is the research stage of kind of finding out what you need and what you need in that position? Is it a week, a month? How long? Well, it's a lifetime. Okay. Because <laughs> you learn, you learn more every day, every week. But to, to hire that first person, uh, you've got to have worked the business to that point that you hire that person. Yeah. And at that point, you decide what you think you need. I remember when we hired our first non-cost center person. We'd hired several CPAs, but we finally hired a secretary receptionist. And that was a very hard hire because she wasn't bringing in revenue. Yeah. Uh, and we were very lucky to find Penny. And she gave the best phone of any person I've ever had. Uh, she recognized clients after she talked to them once, they'd call and she'd recognize their voice and talk to them by name. She was wonderful. She was also lazy. Uh, but for the year and a half we had her, it was great. Uh, she later went on and was the executive assistant for the head of Mary Kay. Oh, wow. She, uh, I got a call a few years later and uh, for a reference. I gave her a great one. And I said, she's young. So, you know, you have to understand she's not 50 years old. So she's young and she has all the, the problems that go with being young, but she's a great person and she'll do a great job. But you just have to understand she's young and, and, and be prepared for it. And she got the job. So uh, hiring people is always difficult and you learn and you make mistakes. And you got to fix those mistakes. When you find you've hired the wrong person, you got to fire them. And that's always a tough, tough, tough thing. Uh, to, to fire people. You've hired them, you've given them a job, you've placed your trust in them, and you find it's not working. And how, it, may work at, it may work at first and it may change, but go ahead. How, how long do you give it for it not to work? Is it... Until it doesn't work. Okay. I, 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 I give them chance after chance after chance. I've never fired anybody that didn't expect it. Okay. Okay. I've sat them down, I've talked to them, I've explained what I need, what they need to do, what has to happen for them to keep their job. And I don't do it once, I do it several times. 
And so when it doesn't happen and I've warned them again and again and again and again, I, I finally sound say, you know, these are the things we've said. This is what's happened. And they go, yeah, I understand. So what do you think? Surprise. <laughs> what do you think if someone's listening right now and they're in the process of hiring someone or thinking about hiring someone? What what do you think your biggest mistake was in hiring a person? Hiring people I liked instead of hiring people that could do the job. Okay. Yeah. That's it's easy to it's easy to hire people you like. Yeah. It's much harder to hire people that are going to do effectively do the job. It, and you've written a couple of books. When did you start? So, you, I mean, you have a marketing team. You're putting content out there. When did you start getting into? Okay, I'm going to start putting out books, putting out more information. Where did that that idea come from? That mindset come from? Well, I put out my first book a number of years ago. Um, in in how to start a new business. Um, but the last two, uh, my second market manager wanted me to write a book on the spa industry. She'd come from that industry. She was an esthetician originally. And so we did up a, a book on the, the back office of the spa business. Uh, hiring, firing, contracts, uh, had man employee manuals, handbooks, and so on and so forth. Taxes, payroll, etc. Uh, and it did okay. And then I thought I'd do something more general because I get questions all the time about payroll and the aspects of it. So the newest book, um, the payroll book, a guide for small business and startups, mm -hmm. uh, basically is 30 years of experience distilled down to 95,000 words. It's available on Amazon. But it's it's I wanted to, to do something. The only comparable thing out there is from the American Payroll Association, the payroll source, and it's 600 bucks. Mm -hmm. This is uh, 2295 at the moment, I think, on Amazon. So I wanted to give people a, a reference book for payroll that would give them all the basics and some of the sophistication and, frankly, uh, enough to make them realize that, wow, maybe I need a professional to help me with this. <laughs> Uh, and, and my my number's in the book, okay? <laughs> my name's at the bottom, so you can call me. It's my what? business card now, too. Yeah, no, I, I, it's, I think it's a smart way of doing it. I've seen more and more people, I think, put books together to give people a taste of of who the who they are, who their business is. So, I mean, it makes it makes total sense. Um, now, and then listeners, you said, will get some kind of discount. People listening on this podcast, for, right for your for, for your listeners. Uh, if they will go to thepayrollbook.com, which is for the payroll book, and enter the discount code ROAD, R-O-A-D, 2021, we will send them a free book. No shipping handling. Just give us your email and address, and we'll send you a free book. And, of course, we'll start sending you emails. <laughs> <laughs> and and I'm, I'm assuming that anybody who takes the trouble to say, I want a book on payroll, is potentially a client. So that's why we do it, very frankly. Or uh, or they need help sleeping. Oh, it, it is a <laughs> great cure for insomnia, I promise you. You put that on your nightstand, you get into bed, you look at that, you'll go to sleep. You don't even need to open it. <laughs> it's just giving you a hard time. 
Um, but yeah, no, I mean that's that's fantastic. Anyone right now, if you if you want, you know, at least getting the you're looking to start a business or you've started your business, but now you're expanding uh, to put a payroll together. I mean, it could be a daunting task trying to find all the information right there. Get the book, free book. You gotta love the word free. Uh, so what? You get a couple emails, you know, and you need that hands-on approach. You got Charles right there, one stop away. So not too bad of a, a give and take. So um, now, Charles, if we're talking, let's say in five years from now, talking five years from now, where is your company going to be? Where are you going to be? Well, hopefully the company will be much larger, and I'll have my island in the Caribbean. But you know, we'll we'll see what happens. Uh, you know, I'm I my my staff says, you know, when are you going to retire? I tell them one of these days you're going to come into the office, you're going to find me dead at my desk. I've retired. Wow. Well, so hopefully that's not that's not five years from now. Hopefully that's a long time no, away. I, I plan to live to be 106. There you go. Do you, do you already have a um, transition kind of transition out where someone else is going to take more of the control? Have you started thinking about that? Or I've already I've already started on that. We have we have secession in place. Uh, okay, I mean, the company's not going to go away. If I walk outside and hit, get hit by a bus, uh, my clients don't have to worry. It's all taken care of. Do any of out of your five kids? And I mean, you don't have to no. say yes or no. Okay, no, no, okay. No. I've, I had I've had someone on the past before where they talk about successions and families and things like that. And it's kind of curious. Now, I, I would not force my kids on my employees. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've I've worked for family businesses. I grew up in one. Uh, I did not want to work for my father. Uh, I put up with him for 17 years. I didn't want to put up with him for another 17. Uh, so, no, I passed on that one. And I've worked in family businesses and watched uh, them destroy their, their business with their egos and their kids uh, in more than one instance. Uh, you know, shirt sleeves to shirt sleeves in three generations. Uh, it happens. It, it, it's There's a lot of truism there. And I've watched... Uh, business owners uh, have their kids destroy the business. It's just asinine. There's such a huge failure rate in second generation business, and it's definitely a science to it. They 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 didn't learn. You know, when you grow up and you, and your father has the business and he's successful, and you get the Mercedes to go to college with, and all this stuff, you have no idea what it is to scrape and scrimp to put food on your family's table. The people you work that work for you are there. A lot of them are working paycheck to paycheck. They're deathly worried about their job. And if you're not, how do you relate to them? What's your experience with, with what they're going through? I was working for one company. I used to go out on the dock and, and sit with the guys, particularly on Friday afternoon when the when the shipping companies bring by the beer. And I'd stay late and help unload trucks and get dirty and, and be in the warehouse. And they loved it. Uh, but the daughters that were the, the, the owner's kids just thought that was terrible to be out there with, with the Mexicans. Uh, and I thought nothing of drinking cervasa with them. Who cares? It's cold. It's wet. It's good beer. Uh, it's free. <laughs> so it, you got to relate to your employees, and if you don't, and kids of, of successful owners don't because they haven't had to work for a living. 
my first my first vehicle was a motorcycle. And on my 16th birthday, I got a coupon from my father that said that and $100. And remember, this was in the mid early 60s, uh, would get me a Honda 50 scooter motorcycle. So I went out in the fields and picked beans and topped onions because those were the summer jobs where I was at, uh, working in the fields uh, to make the $100. And it took a couple of months and I did it and I got my motorcycle. So, you know, I, I know what it is to work. And then four years in the Marine Corps. Yeah. So uh, I relate to my, my employees, uh, rich people don't. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, again, it goes back to the idea. There's such a huge failure rate and it's a, a science to transitioning out. And I mean, and, and having your children, your second generation, come from that hunger uh, if you could go back let's say if you could talk to your younger self that person that was going to just join the military is there any words of wisdom before they enlisted that you would have provided to them my father and i went up for dinner in chicago uh went to Winsels. it was a very fancy restaurant at the time and over the illinois athletic club to massage and so on and he'd been obviously Navy in World War II. And he told me in terms of the military and in terms of combat, if you've been there, no explanation is necessary. If you haven't been there, no explanation is possible. So, you know, I can relate to anybody who's been there and anybody who hasn't can't relate to me in, in terms of that. Uh, and that truism goes through a lot of things. Uh, that's why I think that most business people can't relate to military service members coming out of service and understand what they've been through or what they have or what the value they bring to the table because they haven't been there. Most of them aren't ex-military. Those that are understand and hire them. So um, that truism flows through a lot of things. But I'll tell you one thing I'd tell my younger self save money and invest it because if i'd done that 55 years ago i'd be a rich man <laughs> <laughs> it's a simple thing it's compound compound well, interest baby <laughs> <laughs> thank you charles for being here thank you for giving your insight of you know, your journey hopefully people listening got some some great nuggets uh from i doubt it but i <laughs> Hey, you know what? If not, hopefully they got a little bit of a laugh right there. I hope so. <laughs> well, thank you again, Charles. Please, everyone, uh, go get Charles's book. Please subscribe to this podcast, share it, uh, and on to the next one. Have a great one, everyone. Thank you for listening to The Road to Growth, Success of an Entrepreneur. Please like, subscribe, and stay connected. Visit www.TheEnriquezGroup.com. Yeah, I created a website. Hope to see you again next week. The Enriquez Group, signing off.